Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, the official podcast of MCU Exchange, and your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, today, our panel is the usual crew. We have Adam at Adam Barnhart, that's B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T, and we have Rhiannon, otherwise known as Brooklyn Wallace, uh, on internet. Uh, her Twitter handle is at Shot of Patron. And me, Caleb, at Caleb A. Borchers on Twitter. C-A-L-E-B-A-B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. Thanks for being with us, guys. And uh, we're going to, I think, just jump into it. So uh, this week we are going to talk some in the news. First of all, about Black Panther. Uh, We had the set visits uh, released this week. This is where a bunch of journalists get to go on set and they tell them, they show them a bunch of stuff and tell them what they can and can't share and when they can and can't share it. And it's always, uh, they drop an embargo and all the stuff comes out at once, which makes life really fun for us on the website. Uh, I'm going to share some of the big stories that came out of those set visits. Um, One or two people on the website have complained that these are spoilery. Uh, If you are very sensitive to that, just know that that's where we're about to do it. Use the timestamps in the episode. Um, so things that we found are coming out into this movie. Uh, the Panther gods are going to be in it. The Necropolis is going to be in it. Uh, they say that it is, um, not meant to be a intro to infinity war, that it's its own story. Uh, the humor level is going to be like winter soldier. Um, Shuri is supposed to be supposed to be smarter than Tony Stark. And, uh, Isaac Ross is not supposed to be Everett Ross, not Isaac Ross. Isaac Ross is a rugby player. Everett Ross is not supposed to be a um, a bumbling, uh, quite as comical character as he is in the comics. Uh, I dropped all that there. We can talk about lots of it, any of it. Uh, Adam Rhiannon, what did you guys find interesting about uh, any of the set visit stuff that we saw this week? I I mean, the the news about the gods appearing, I thought that was pretty much in the trailer that we saw already. So that didn't strike me as big news. Or was that just that fans inferred that those Panthers in the trailer were him? Yeah. I mean, we saw, we, we didn't know exactly what it was, but there was something going on with those Panthers and the tree and that big, like purple dreamscape yeah. or whatever. So, okay. Cause like when I saw that, I was like, that's not news. We already knew that. But none of it stood out as like anything revolutionary or exciting to me. I think the yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, I mean, so the said visit stuff comes out, and then someone says it's. I don't know the exact words. I should pull up one of the articles. It said they say something about how it doesn't tie in to Infinity War or it doesn't set up Infinity War and all that stuff and. Then the internet starts running amok with all that news that, ah, there's no soul stone and blah, 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 blah. Um, it's typical stuff. I mean, I don't think, maybe it's just because I'm kind of sensitized to it, you know, since we have to see it and write for it for the website, you know, but I don't think anything that came out was super, super spoilery. I mean, that the Panther God stuff is pretty interesting. Um, there's very subtle tie-ins to... I don't want to call it a Moon Knight Easter egg or something, you know, um, since it is comics. Um, so that that's a little interesting. But other than that, um, 
I'm really excited to see. It seems like Shuri's going to have a really big role or a bigger role than what I thought. And outside of T'Challa, I mean, we've seen Okoye in the Infinity War trailers. Um, and then Shuri with some Legos. I think she was in one of the Lego sets. So it's going to be interesting to see how her story arc goes in the MCU. You know, I mean, in the comics, she becomes Black Panther at some point. So, yeah. Just kind of piggybacking what you said. When they said, you know, like, they really tried to downplay the connections to Infinity War. Yeah. And it's like, guys, we've seen the trailer for Infinity War, you know? (laughs) Like, we know there's a major action piece that's going to happen there. We know that Thanos' army is going after something. You know, like, I don't think they're just there for Vibranium. We're pretty sure they'll be there for a soul stuff. So, like, they can say that yeah. all they want, but it's really kind of hard to believe that that's true. You know, like, it seems like there's something else going on there, obviously. I was kind of bummed to see uh, the stuff about Everett Ross and that he would be kind of less comical. I always had a real kick, particularly in the Christopher Priest run, out of that character and how kind of bumbling and ridiculous. I think it's kind of a funny satire on the government and, you know, like, you know, maybe Rhiannon can speak to this. We think people in the government know what they're doing and then we find out, no, they really don't. And I think that's kind of funny. And um, I don't know. I guess I'm going to miss that a little bit. Cause like in the in the in the po in the quote Martin Freeman or somebody was like yeah we thought it wouldn't be too realistic if it seemed like he was terrible at his job someone in the federal government yeah. who is incapable of doing their job who would have thought like that never happens in real life right no comment <laughs> I I do I do like Martin Freeman in a slightly comedic role like he's a good dry humor type person so. I hope that even though they're saying that, that he's not some bumbling idiot, I do hope that there's humor in his role. You know, that, that some of that comes true. But, um, yeah. No comment. Yeah, we watched Hot Fuzz the other night, and he's in that for like five minutes, and he's really funny. So uh, That was the one of the things that kind of bummed me out, you know. I mean, Priest, Black Panther is probably a top five favorite comic at least the first six ten issues or whatever um and i mean that opens up with him (laughs) with the devil stealing his pants so that's kind of the type of humor i like but i totally understand why they're not putting that stuff in black panther so one of the coolest bits of black panther news this week um to me wasn't part of the set visits it was the story about his suit because that wasn't a set visit detail was it no, so, yeah, there was a, a video that came out talking a little bit about, like, the science of his suit, and then we stuck Charles Murphy on it, and he wrote a whole, like, science teacher essay on how kinetic energy works, which was really, I thought was really cool. I enjoyed it. Is that what you're, yeah, you're getting at? Yeah. yeah, I thought that was incredibly cool that, that, you know, they claimed something and the physics of it works out. Um, you know, maybe the practicality doesn't really work out, but, but... Yeah, you know, that somebody put some thought into it and it works and I, I liked that idea. That the suit absorbs the energy and then it can be used to impart on something else. Um we are uh so I'm just gonna throw some Infinity War stuff in together here. Um 
First of all, we are going to get a trailer next week uh, for the Super Bowl. Let me just ask, do you guys like Super Bowl trailers? I have some thoughts on this, but like, do you enjoy it when we get a big Marvel um, trailer during the Super Bowl or no? I like Super Bowl commercials in general. I don't know if I'll be watching the Super Bowl <laughs> um, or not, but um, you know, I, I, I do like seeing things, you know, enjoying all the commercials for it, so the uh, trailer... I don't care much one way or another, but they have seemed to lean towards major sporting events for premiering trailers. And um, so that makes sense. And the way I read it, it wasn't guaranteed. I thought it was just that Disney had like a 30 second and 45 second slot. Yeah. And they're, they're making an assumption. I got to do my, I've got to look through my mental memory. I know that guardians, Two and Civil War, and I want to say Ultron all got those were the last May May films, and I think they all got a Super Bowl ad. So I can remember at least two of those. So yeah, I just um I don't particularly like it because we always have a big party and like I'm like seventy percent into the game and about thirty percent into hosting, and so I don't know. I've gotten where I like to like watch those trailers, you know, with like full attention. And so it's just very hard for me to like absorb the new trailer when I'm at a big party and there's a big important football game and all that kind of stuff, you know, like I, I, uh, I'd rather not have it in that context, but I mean, the thing is a lot of these trailers are pretty visually based. I think, um, if you look back at the other ones they've done in the Super Bowl, they show you lots of stuff without telling you much about story. So guess it'll be fine but uh, i'll be interested to see how much they reveal beyond what we've already seen so all right other things that we saw about infinity war this week um first of all uh the russo brothers were on a podcast called happy sad confused with mtv and um they were asked about time travel and stuff and they very specifically went to uh, the barf technology. I don't remember what barf stands for, but it's the, um, it's the technology that Tony Stark uses in civil war to, uh, recreate this memory of him and his parents right before they died. Um, we've seen set, uh, like, um, set photos that had equipment that was marked with whatever bio retrofitting, whatever that acronym is. So we knew that that was maybe going to be in the movie. But the Russos are pretty clear that some of the stuff that we thought was time travel is actually kind of recreating those images with this technology. Um, I, I I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Like, do you have any thoughts on this, Adam? Like, where are we at with this time travel and this barf stuff? What what is it? Uh, how's it gonna change the movie if we're not time traveling and we're instead? Like, just going back in time with virtual reality or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not... I want to believe I think they're just throwing the barf stuff out there because we're aware that it exists and we saw some photos sometime about that. So I think, hopefully, that they're just making us put all the barf stuff and not actually time travel. Um... I mean, with the the cap suit and all that stuff, I mean, one would believe it's some sort of 
time travel. I mean, that's what we've all been led to believe so far, I guess, through Avengers 4. Um, I guess I'm just trying to decide or, or think about how the bar technology would be. I mean, a version of a danger room or something, you know, is that, are they practicing or... I mean, does Cap die in Infinity War and the barf technology uses his old suit because those are the resources available or something and they need to use barf to get Steve's motivational talk or something? I don't know. I mean, I hope it's the time travel stuff because I think they can do funky stuff with it. Um, I guess I'm just trying to think how... I don't know how they'd use barf technology to help take down Thanos, you know, otherwise to to, to train or, or something of that nature, you know? Maybe it does, it could do a lot of stuff that we don't even know yet, I guess. But I, I think it's, they're, they're just trying to use the barf technology as a distraction. Or kind of just sway us one way when it's, when it's really another. Um, by the end of the season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I might be tired of time travel. We'll see. So maybe if it's barf, that'll be even better. Yeah, I mean, I think my big takeaway is I want whatever they're doing to have, like, stakes or importance. Like, I know this is not what it's going to be, but what we've seen and the idea that this is, like, these scenes are all, you know, using the Tony Stark tech it kind of suggests like they're going to fight Thanos and they're going to like lose an in infinity war. And then they're going to spend two hours in Tony's basement in Avengers four, like doing a, you know, like <laughs> virtual reality video game. And they're gonna be like, Oh, that's the answer. And then they'll go fight Thanos at the end. Like there's some, you know, like you said, Adam, like danger room and then practicing. That is what I don't want. I do not want Avengers four to be a lot of like, consequenceless stuff you know um so that that's my only concern i guess as I, as we talk about this stuff uh we also got some set photos of um maria hill and nick fury and so this is really weird it was shot i think in atlanta and there's been a lot of question on if it's captain marvel or if it's avengers 4 and some of the sources, I think, have been kind of saying, well, it's complicated. <laughs> it's like, what exactly is going on? So we're thinking maybe it's an end credit scene. Like maybe it's going to be a scene that appears maybe in both. Like it's the end of Captain Marvel or end credit in Captain Marvel and then the beginning of Infinity War or something like that or beginning of Avengers 4. Uh, but it was kind of good. I don't know. I feel like we haven't seen Colby Smulders in forever. So... I thought it was kind of fun to see Fury and her back in business. All right, uh, Rhiannon, we've got some Daredevil news I think that you'll be excited about. Uh, I'm sure you saw this week that Joanne, does anybody know, is it Whaley, Wally, something like that? Uh, Joanne Whaley was cast as Maggie, Matthew Murdoch's mother, we're assuming, uh, if it's anything like the comics. Uh, have any thoughts on the casting or, uh, your excitement at the fact that we're going to actually see, um, actually see Maggie come into the, the show? I mean, I've been geeking out ever since that very last line in Defenders. Um, so if they didn't have Maggie in DD3, I would have been really upset. 
Um, and I looked at, I mean, I, I, I didn't know this woman before she was cast, but I've looked her up a good bit this week, and she looks like a perfect, she looks like a perfect mother of Matt Murdock. Um, the description, you know, the, the little bit of a description that we got of her character sounded like a great Maggie. Um, so I really, you know, it looks like they're very closely following the following the comics on this and that makes me really excited i'm excited to see i'm hoping that they released this news right now because they're going to be doing some filming that maybe we'll get some set photos and that this is why they're releasing this news but that's just me being really excited to see some set photos um yeah i'm I'm just generally excited about it yeah, I don't know the actress particularly well, so I don't I can't speak too much to that, but um I think I was kind of excited. I had forgotten until I did a rewatch earlier, well not early early last year. But there is there's a scene where Jack calls Maggie, right? I mean, that's what we're assuming. Mm-hmm. Right before his last fight, he calls somebody and says you're going to need to take care of Matt, and this is where you you know, I put a bet, this is where you can find money for him. And then we see Matt in the convent or wherever. So we've kind of gotten hints about her in season one, but I'm kind of excited to see us go back to a little bit of the history. And I'd be okay seeing some more flashbacks and maybe even seeing a little more of Battling Jack uh, on the show. I think it would be a, a lot of fun to kind of call back to some of his history, you know, as a character. Yeah, and they did weave this in. I mean, you know, Matt had those that dream or hallucination or whatever of the rosary beads in season two, when he was passed out with the Punisher. Um, So they have been weaving this in. I'm not getting my hopes up too high that they catch all of those pieces. Like I've said, my new model for the the Netflix universe is to just not set my hopes very high. Um, you don't think this is all a grand plan that they've been carefully orchestrating over the last two seasons? Stop playing with my heart, Caleb. Um, <laughs> no, no. I think they're good. Well, I mean, who knows? You know, we don't, I, I don't know this new showrunner. So maybe he will take it all and carefully weave it all together. Um, I'm, I'm, but they have, this is something they have been laying blood breadcrumbs for from the very beginning. So I can't wait to see how they form her story. Um, I mean, you know, in the comics, it's that, you know, Matt, Matt's mother um, had a really bad case of postpartum depression and she ran off because she kept um, trying to harm Matt. So she went off and she ended up being a nun and then, you know, saved Matt at certain points in his life. Um, so we'll see how close to the story they stay and where she goes and how they do it. All right. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has been nominated for an Oscar. I feel like we've talked about this a ton. Do you guys think this is the year they break it? The, they break the curse? Do we finally get an Oscar for the MCU this year? I don't know. That's a, that's a very good question. I totally forgot how many nominations the MCU actually had. I'm like, whoa, this... This has to be one of the first MCU nominations. And then I Googled it, and it seems like every movie almost has an on. <laughs> so I don't know. I hope so, because I liked really, really, too, but I don't know. 
Didn't you predict that Black Panther was going to be the first one? Uh, no, my thing has been that they don't want Black Panther to be an Oscar nominee because Oscar nominations tend not to go to movies that come out in February. Well, no, I mean, I, I just, as long as we have to say uh, Oscar-winning Suicide Squad, we really need an MCU movie to win. <laughs> yeah. We do. Well, because, particularly because there are certain um, DC fans that, like, this is the only thing they can cling to because their universe is slowly devolving into chaos, and so they're like, well, we won an Oscar, you know, like... Be happy to take away that one bit of joy from them because I'm not. I don't petty. mind people <laughs> having joy. I don't mind people being happy about things. I just, you know, there's such high quality in the MCU. It'd be nice to see it recognized. Yeah, my hope. This is gonna sound really backwards, but I almost hope that there's like a. Um, we know that the Oscar people tend to do makeup kind of things. Like, if they snub a director, they're more likely to give an actor an award to just award the film overall. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, there's definitely, there's times where the Academy will give awards based on what's going on in other categories. And it would be, you know, James Gunn and crew deserve something for what they've done with Guardians. And so it'd be nice if people looked at it and they're like, well, the special effects are about as good as everything else. And that movie is always underappreciated. So yeah, we'll give it to them. You know, like, I don't know. I, I definitely think that they're, they're deserving, you know, like uh, I think Charles on the website was talking about Planet of the apes. We've had six of those movies now, right? Like we get it. You know how to make monkeys. That's, that's fine. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. We had that cool, like cartoony effect that they did when they were doing the hyper jump and, uh, Yondu's arrow is actually a really cool effect, you know, in the way they shot that whole thing. Um, I'm probably just special pleading for my case, but I'd love to see guardians actually win, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, three more bits. Uh, I have three more like quick hit news things. I will go through them quickly and you can tell me if you find any of them interesting and then we'll be done with the news. Uh, we've put, found out today from Entertainment Weekly who Dove Cameron is playing uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She is going to be the daughter of the military woman who arrested Fitz. Um, so that is that. Um, there was an Infinity War prelude comic that came out. Uh, I actually bought this and I hate myself for doing so because there's like four frames of interest in it. There's nothing in it. Basically, Cap breaks him out of jail. How does he do it? He punches people and they get out of jail. Um, also tells us that he's been fighting ISIS in Syria. Okay. There's just, there's nothing in it at all. Bucky is in Wakanda getting help because that's what we know from Civil War. Anyways, that came out. You can check that out, but I wouldn't do it. Don't buy it. Um, and then uh, we found out some more news from Venom. Apparently, a couple of actors whose names I don't remember are playing some characters whose names I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> that's not exactly the best report, but there's a lot of stuff going on with the Life Foundation, which I know absolutely zero about. So, anyways, I did a real great job of pumping that news up. Is anything that interesting to you guys? No. Not particularly. We are real, we're very efficient today. It's like. There's no vamping, no, no extra, um, no extra anything. All right. 
I okay. I will say as we switch to Agents of Shield review, it is interesting that we have a modern day Earth based person as a character, right? Like the shot that they gave us in Infinity War or Infinity War in Entertainment Weekly was like her in like a teenage bedroom, and so it's based on where the show is now. It's real weird that we're gonna get a character who is in modern day normal life depends on when i think that i think the report said that we see her march 2nd i believe so she's still what five six episodes away so who knows maybe we just get her before they come back i would guess maybe or unless they come back then um that's almost right around the hundredth episode spot it's after it i think um. So we'll see. I should. We should probably count it out and see what what actually episode count that was. But yeah. There's no question that they're coming back in the uh, timeline. I guess. Yeah, it makes it. It makes it real clear to me that we're not spending 22 episodes in the future. That like at some point the time travel shenanigans will ensue, which I think we were expecting. But I think as pretty cool. Um. You know, Agents of Shield has been good about changing things up now, and so I'm I'm happy to not stay stalled out in one place forever. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about Agents of Shield then. Um, Rhiannon, did you get to see this week's episode? I did. I did. I mean, this was an episode that moved. You know, it moved along. It moved towards things that were going to be moving. You know, we're. we're to me, this is one of those episodes that's not very memorable, not a whole lot happened, but it wasn't tedious to watch. One detail that I think I mentioned it last week after the podcast that I didn't bring up, Fitz's space outfit keeps making me think of Negan in The Walking Dead. I don't know if either of you watched that, but when he shows up with like his red scarf and his dark jacket, I keep thinking he's going to have a little barbed wire wrapped baseball bat and just start taking aliens out with that. Um, so I just had to get that off my chest on the show. Last um, week we had a, a commenter that was like, I haven't listened to the podcast in a while. Is the talk about agents of shield usually so shallow? And like, he was like really slamming our oh, AOS talk. Sorry. So. <laughs> just, and then I start right off talking about Fitz's clothes. So just be sophisticated this week, guys. I want to, I want to hear about, you know, I struggle for sophistication. You know, I, 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 I'm trying not to get deep on it because if I start thinking too much about the time travel, so time travel in a show to me is best if you don't think about it too much. I mean, I, I've mentioned before I'm an Outlander fan and that's that's a show about time travel, but because like if you start thinking, no matter what they do when they go back in time, if they are successful, they wouldn't be there already. Like it would have already changed things. Um like we know if they're successful in fixing Zephyr one with Fitz's new plans, we know that's successful because Zephyr one is upgraded with Fitz's new plans. So if they were successful at saving the earth, it would have already happened. And they went, I, I just, you can't think about time travel too much because it won't work in this scenario. So that's why I can't get deep about agents of shield in that regard. And that's why I'm kind of hoping they move on from the time travel stuff before everybody's forced to think about it too much. I mean, that's 
there was a moment like that, right? I mean, when they look at that gravitonium and they're like, oh, that's our, you know, that's a design that we were working on. And I guess that we built it, yeah. but did we build it because we saw this, you know, like Fitz is like, oh no, I'm in a time loop, you know, like he's already like, he's freaking out about that just the same as the viewers are. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, there again, like if they were successful, then then they wouldn't be on a cracked up earth. I mean, maybe they go back and they are successful in making the gravitonium because they've seen it and blah, blah, blah. But um, I hope they explain this in some way so that it doesn't, so we don't get too caught up or so that, you know, I can sleep well after watching the future episodes. Yeah, I liked it. I like the, uh, what do you say, gravityless. Is there a better word for that? I don't know. The uh, kind of Inception-esque fight scene between Daisy and Sonara and Star Wars. I thought that was pretty cool. It did end kind of weird, though. I'm not sure. I need to rewatch it. It just seems like that impale stick kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't mind it at all. As soon as Fitz dropped the whole time loop paradox type thing i'm like oh no <laughs> uh, get too complicated i don't like thinking about tv shows that sh um i didn't mind it i like the whole uh focus too much on daisy but i kind of like the whole mother aspect that may was getting into and daisy kind of kept giving her crap a couple times she's like oh mom face and and things like that and It'll be interesting to see who uh, Cassius, Cassius, Cassius is Seer is. So I know there was uh, an interesting name dropped in our Slack chat that would make me very sad. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I know I can't, some website was interviewing Mac and they said that we'll be absolutely shocked to find out who it is. So I wonder, I wonder when it will be. Well, see, that's probably going to be a 100th episode reveal. Last night was, or Friday nights was, what, 97 maybe? I really did enjoy that stuff with Daisy um, talking about May as a mom. Where, like, May's just like, oh, I don't know if I could be a mother. And she's like, yeah, you'd be a, you know, like the, like, grumbling, fussing, you know, like, undercurrent of, like, you're no fun. And I, I think it's, you know, for viewers that have been watching this for five seasons now, it's a lot of fun to see Daisy uh, get a little, um, just like get a little, a chance to express the ways that May has like been a thorn in her side. Cause I think we forget, but going way back to seasons one and two, like there were times where May really was, uh, it was, it was kind of tough for Daisy to sort of earn May's acceptance. And I just think it's, the show has done a good job of keeping a long memory of those kinds of things. So I think that's that's a lot of fun. I looked it up and last night or this week's was the 97th episode. And meaning we have two more episodes before they get to that big 100th episode. They say uh, as if, if Wikipedia is right, the 100th episode is scheduled to air on March 9th. So we'll have a hiatus between now and then. Oh, so the 100th episode is on March 9th. Yes. Yeah. When's the if hiatus Wikipedia according to Wikipedia? Is 
So, and that means that, uh, so if we do March 9th and then we look at it, that means that there will definitely be multiple episodes after Infinity War. So we'll see if it is connected. I'm remembering now the reason there's a hiatus is the Olympics. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. You remember we right. had that news piece that was like they weren't going to show two episodes. They weren't going to show episodes during the Olympics mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Now, was there an Infinity War reference in this? I feel like there was a moment where they said something about there was a light in yeah, the sky. Yeah. The sky opened And up. then Quake yeah, messed everything up. they mentioned up. something about the sky opening. And then, yeah, they said first the sky opened and then Daisy did whatever. There's got to be <laughs> Infinity be. War, right? They've got to be yeah. adding these A things together. As big as I would Infinity hope. War. I mean, this is probably going to be our next biggest crossover. I mean, Winter Soldier was absolutely huge for the show, but you got to think it's Infinity War. Especially if they, like, name drop Thanos. Or they'll name drop Thanos sometime this season, right? Well, do you guys think we'll have an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on May 4th? Because that's a Friday. Do you think they'll have a new episode? If they do, they better give us full understanding of which of these we're supposed yeah. to watch first. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, right. I'm going to be hacked <laughs> off if, like, I, I don't know if there's, like, I, I guess it'll be okay if I see the movie and I should have seen the show first. But if I see the show... I, who am I kidding? We'll see Infinity War on we'll Thursday night. The the but you know, like but I may it'll, not. <laughs> it'll really tick fans off if they watch the show on Friday night and it spoils something for the movie on Saturday, oh, right? Right. So I mean, so if they do show one, so there's 22 episodes this season, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so I just looked at it, and if there's one every week with no hiatus after the hundredth episode on March 9th, and May 4th episode, there will be two episodes after Infinity War. Or after May 4th. If they skip the May 4th Friday, then there's three episodes after then. If there are no other hiatuses. Mm-hmm. Adam and I just <laughs> exactly. at the exact same time. That was impressive. <laughs> oh, man. We're slowly developing a hive mind. So real quick, as we finish, as we talk about Agent Shield. Um, so we finally saw the death of, is it Sonora? Sonora, Sonora. I believe. Or Sonora, Sonora. something. William Sonoma. Okay. And so did it did it bother you at all that she didn't use the ball bearing things? Like those were such deadly weapons and it was like her signature deal. And then when she has her death fight, she just doesn't bring them along. Like I know why they didn't do it because it was one more element that they couldn't realistically add into the anti-gravity stuff they were doing. But it just seems weird to me that she wouldn't have that weapon as she's dying, you know? Yeah, that's a good... I, I totally spaced that off and didn't pick that up. It it bothered me. It bothered me. I mean, now that we're reminded of what Kree Tech can do with Tessa's arrival again, you know, it didn't... I mean, Sonara's going to be back, isn't she? Yeah, maybe. Okay, so we got to talk about that. I forgot that. We have zombies now? Is that right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I Coulson's mean, Coulson's a zombie, a zombie yeah. if you're going to call them zombies. I mean, she's the exact same. I mean, that's where when she came back, they were like, oh, yeah, we knew Creek could bring people back to life. Yeah, that that was helpful for me as a viewer. I was like, wait a minute, how's she back? And then it was like Mac was like, hey, viewer, remember episode, season one, we already did this with Cree technology. So, Which to me was a great tie in. I, I, I liked that. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it makes sense in the universe. Um, 
And there was, it was interesting though, didn't they say they connected her with the Eternal One? Like, did you get the sense that there's like a special Kree that helps this happen? Am Maybe, I making yeah, this up? I'm not sure. Was I the only one that heard this? No, but I'm trying to figure out how it might connect to the seer. If the seer is going to be somebody that we expect, you know, that's supposed to be a big deal that we might be surprised by and with the eternal one. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. It has to be Grant Ward. You said it. I'm sorry, Adam. That's the only way mm, this all works probably out. Probably is, though. That's the thing. What, what if Coulson doesn't age? Like, first of all, Clark Gregg does not age. That's a mystery for us to engage in and begin with. But, like, what if what if Coulson's still, like, alive or something? That would be... Oh, the original Coulson. Ooh. Yeah, like... And you've got, like, two Coulsons in one universe? Yeah, because the, the Kree blood makes it so he lives, like, a really, really long time. And Ooh. so, like... Uh, you know, like he's already come back from the dead with the Cree technology, and then he finds out he doesn't age, and so like he's just hanging out, looking like Coulson, and we have evil Coulson and good Coulson. How long until Tess starts drawing the maps on the walls? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Adam, I just had one more idea. What if the Seer's Karnak? That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. I don't know. Huh. I mean, I could see Karnak like sitting there and being like, well, here's the deal. They're going to try this, but it's not going to work. And the flaw in the plan is this. Like he kind of has a power somewhat in that wheelhouse, right? I totally dig that theory. It'd be, I mean, for fans that watch both shows, that'd be huge. But I don't know. All six of us. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably going (laughs) to, they're probably going to end up pulling a, I don't know. It's probably going to be a Flash S thing where it always ends up. The bad guy always ends up being like the Flash because he messes with time. It's probably going to end up being Coulson or May or, you know, a different version. Probably fits. You know, he screws things up for two seasons in a row. Karnak would be awesome, though. I can, I can, I can get on board with that theory. That's a good Reddit theory, though. If only I was on... No, I don't want to be on Reddit. I'm sorry, I'm too young. I'm too old. I just find that whole Reddit place confusing and angry and bitter. Every time you guys talk about it, it seems like a sad place. Uh, P.S. Get off my lawn. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have thought about doing a recurring segment on the podcast that's just Caleb tells someone to get off his lawn or every week I find somebody to grump at. Newfangled. Alright, do you have um, anything else to say about S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'm liking the idea of it being Coulson. I don't like the idea of it being Karnak. Oh, oh. How long can Coulson go? I mean, back to the shallow things because we were really good at being deep for a little while there. How long can Coulson's yes. arm go with no charge? Like, that seems like a really good long time. And if he didn't happen to have a Zephyr, would he have just been, like, without a working hand? It just would have gone back to being a wooden hand type thing. And also, if we are in a time loop, and the people that created the Zephyr had been to the future, then why didn't one of them do the fits? St- you know how he, like, put the shotgun axe in the tower you would have thought somebody would have put a spare arm on the ship right yeah like the one that does all the cool tricks unless 
Coulson had traveled through time, you know, did survive and had turned evil and didn't want his good self to have the good hand. This is this is very good. <laughs> I also I did not love the um <laughs> the Coulson head injury. I was really worried yeah. we we're gonna get a Karnak situation, speaking of Karnak. <laughs> I you know, there's enough drama as it is. I don't I don't know if I need guys getting hit in the head, but anyway. Um I did kind of enjoy that Cassius knew that uh knew Yo Yo's powers. Like you can tell that we've seen her on the lighthouse after the destruction of the earth. And so it seems like Cassius remembers her from, you know, her older version in the past. Cause he knew to like set up for her powers, you know? True. Yeah. I just sort of felt that she had been there for so long that he figured it out. I mean, I feel like they've been on this lighthouse. Well, they've been on this lighthouse for a month in our time or more. Yeah. I just thought he had figured it out. All right. The last comment I have, I did enjoy Coulson. They were talking about Flint and how Flint could put the obelisk back together. He's like, well, they were saying, you know, his thing is rocks and this thing's made out of stone. (laughs) Like, I I loved that they just boiled it down that way, you know? Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, I'm, I don't know. I'm enjoying shield a lot and I do feel like they keep, they keep throwing things at us. You know, like we had a a conversation on Slack recently about how we felt about last season. And I felt like there was a a period there with Ada where there was like, there weren't any twists. It was just kind of like treading ground for a while. And I feel like every time I think I kind of get what's going on. They just keep throwing another thing. You know, they threw the zombie thing at us this week. And um, they're also adding the stuff about the, you know, Cassius' seer. And there's the stuff, there was the episode where they added the Inhumans, you know, making babies lab. And, you know, they added the, the purge, you know, like, I just feel like they've worked very hard to make sure there's always something changing this status quo up so this never gets too boring. And so I've enjoyed that a lot. All right, uh, main conversation this week. Uh, we want to talk some about Captain Marvel. Uh, we didn't talk about this in the news because I figured we'd talk about it here. We got our first set photos of Brie Larson on set. Uh, if you've been watching our website, we said months ago that there would be one week of filming in January and then it would pick back up in March. And that led to some Twitter beef with another website or two that thought that was ridiculous. And uh, Mr. Mr. Murphy did a great job this week of tracking down. Uh, basically, that's all happening because of tax credits. They had to start filming in January to get a certain tax credit, but they're allowed to take a hiatus. And so they're doing a week of shooting and then they're taking a break until March. Um, but we got pictures finally of Brie Larson on set. Uh, her costume looks exactly like Captain Marvel, except for it's in like Cree teal and black which was kind of an interesting choice. Uh, so we thought we'd talk our main conversation about Captain Marvel. Um, let's start off uh, just with what we saw this week. Um, guys, did you like the look of the costume? Were you surprised by the colors? What was your thoughts on seeing uh, Brie on set? I don't have huge thoughts on our costume yet. Um, I thought her hair was a little bit odd. I don't know if it was trying to be like an early 90s hairstyle or what was going on there. Um, I did enjoy the kids on the internet that didn't understand how maps look. Because there's... 
<laughs> there's a see there's a picture where she's holding a map and um you know some somebody one of our followers posted something about oh that's not a map look at all the words it's got to be like a classified ad or something and i'm like no like maps used to have lists of roads on the back so that you could find where the road was and the coordinates on the front um so this week you can do the uh, get off my lawn <laughs> segment yeah. All right, kids, let me teach you how paper maps work. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe um, Captain Marvel's going to be the chance for all of us old folks to um, talk about 90s. I mean, the 90s, like, that was not that long ago. It, it's not like the kids shouldn't know about it. Um, anyways. Uh, it was yeah. 25 years ago, actually, now that I think about it. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Uh, we, we should have another podcast where we talk about nothing but things from the 90s, how long they were, and how old that makes me feel. Like the 25th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. <laughs> but anyways. It was completely nothing what I expected. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, obviously... Tony started out with his Mark One armor and all that stuff, so it makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of people are saying, "Oh, that's like green, green, green screen stuff," because they're gonna make it like radiate and stuff like that. I, I don't think that's the case. I just think that they're using. I mean, this is a time in her life when her, her t- career, I guess, a time in her superhero part of her life where she's just uh, starting out. I would guess, and this is some sort of Cree army, Cree armed forces uniform of sorts. And then she'll get the red when she comes back to the good old, good old U.S. of A. I would guess. I don't know. It's it still looks kind of wonky. I mean, if you look at the feet, the shoes or boots kind of look weird. But yeah, I was wasn't what I was expecting. I don't think I disliked it by any means. Um, but yeah. Just to, I was expecting the the red, yellow, and blue from the get go, but they're changing stuff up on us. Yeah, I'm a little. One concern I have is just the continuity across the universe. So we've seen Ronan now in the Cree, and we've seen the Cree with Cass, you know, Cassius and Agents of Shield. I'm just hoping that they look a little bit alike. I mean, we've already had this a bit with the Sakarians, right? With uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and Thor Ragnarok. So, I mean, the costume looks pretty cool based on the comics, and it looks like it might be like a Kree soldier costume. Except for the Kree always wear red leather jackets in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, like, it would be kind of nice if there was some more continuity across the the, properties. Probably the studio side of it excited about the creek because technically there are two different i don't want to say if it's a a cast system or what the deal is but there's the blue cree and the pink cree which is a, a comic deal and the pink cree that's like marvell and yon rog they essentially are humans um and we always forget what's the the one guy korath is that his name korath from guardians one i guess he's creed the guy at the that's that uh, he's he's after the orb, I guess. With at the beginning of Guardians One with Star Lord. Oh, the guy that's um, 
Oh, that's played by, uh, like, Hansu is his last name? The actor yeah, I have no idea. He that. ends up getting who... his head ripped off or the things in his head ripped out or something. Yeah, the one, the, the star yes, who that guy. guy. Yeah, so I guess technically he's Kree. So, I mean, at least they have comic-based, what do you call it, mythos to pull from where they say, oh, well... Um, Marvel and Yanrog look different because they're pink Kree and not blue Kree or what have you. I guess all Kree aren't blue. Ronan is, but not all of them are. Yes, Michael T. Ford just gave me the name of the actor, but it's not going to help me because I don't think I can pronounce it. I think it's Jamon Hansu is the name of the actor, but um, yes. Um, all right, so Captain Marvel, did you guys... Uh... If I have this right, you both did like a little uh, comic binge yesterday. Is that right? To uh, get yourself caught up on Captain Marvel. Is that true? Kind of, sort of. I did not do my assigned reading. <laughs> All right. Should be a fun conversation. So, Adam, you read comics yesterday. I did. What, what were your... Uh, tell us what you read. Uh, Michael was asking on the, the live chat um, if any of us have read the Kelly Sue DeConnick run yet. But tell us a little bit about what you were reading, Adam, and your thoughts about what they should be, uh, where, where we're headed here with Captain Marvel. Uh, required reading for Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, what were you, yeah, what, you, were you reading read comics yesterday? and I wasn't. What did I read? I read, I started off with Marvel Superheroes 12 and 13. Those are the first two issues of Marvel, um, the OG Captain Marvel. Um,. There's not really much in them besides both the uh, first appearances of Marvel and Carol Danvers. I mean, Jan Rogs, I, uh, I know nothing about Captain Marvel. Um, and Jan Rogs, the bad guy from like the first panel. So now I know um, obviously why they'd be using him in the filming. Um, I mean, that hasn't been confirmed yet, right? Jan Rog hasn't. We just know Mendelssohn's in it. Yeah, I think so. Does he have like special powers or do all Kree? <laughs> this is going to sound dumb. So we know Kree are like big and strong, but does he like have a special power beyond so that? So or... that's, that's the good thing. Uh, Marvel explains, you know how these old comics are. He explains his thoughts. Um, and he, it's kind of like a Superman type deal. Um, he was like, oh man, luckily I'm on earth where, it's less gravity, so I'm super strong and I can fly and I can do all this stuff on Earth because I'm not on Hala. Um, so that's kind of that deal. They're in the uh, Yanrog is Marvel superior, I guess, and he has some sort of beef with Marvel, so that's why he sends him to Earth because in one of the Fantastic Four issues, um, they destroyed Kree technology. Um, so that's why Marvel comes to Earth and was created as a character um but then later on you know uh carol danvers like i said she was in the first issue too just as a security detail of sorts um but yeah i mean they're both in the same explosion and jan rog's kind of involved and that's eventually how carol gets her powers and goes through the miss marvel process and then marvell dies um and she takes up the mantle and Spider-Man for whatever reason. That's just of it. Yeah, I mean, Jan Rog is kind of like Batman's Joker. I mean, he's the arch enemy of the original 
I guess. So that's why he'll be included, or I guess he's included, unless Mendel sends a scroll for whatever reason. Stay. Oh, yeah, because we are getting scrolls in this movie, Yeah, that's too, what we're seeing we? in concept art, so that's kind of why the everything besides Super Scroll, because Super Scroll's still Fox, I guess. Um, so, yeah, whoever. If I would guess Mendelssohn's probably Yonrog. I mean, that's the type of deal where there's not going to be any makeup involved or anything like that because, again, the whole pink and blue Kree type stuff. Uh, it seems, I feel like we're getting a pattern where, like, the big villains, they want to give us slowly. So, like, Mordo is not the big villain in Doctor Strange, and they're very slowly building to him being, like, the big bad, you know? So I could definitely see Yon-Rogg being around and doing something, you know, like the scrolls are the antagonists, and then Rog shows back up you know, in the future. Yeah. and Yeah. And it seems like that would be the, the type of the way they're going. You know, that's probably the perfect comparison where Jan Rog's more of a Carl Mordo type stuff, at least in this first one. And then the towards, as the movie progresses, you know, the bills come due type stuff. Um, Jan Rog will then break bad and want to kill, or maybe Jan Rog kills Marvel in this first one. That's, that's the type. I mean, that's the one thing that's interesting about this in Doctor Strange, you know, Doctor Strange is the only Doctor Strange, you know, whereas they are starting Captain Marvel off with Carol Danvers, but Jan Rog's kind of in different mythos and Marvel's different. I mean, it's not different mythos, but they have to go through one character first to get to a second one. So it's going to be interesting how they do that. I guess there hasn't really been an instance so far in the MCU where that's happened. You guys understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I mean, kind of Ant-Man. True. Though. Ant-Man's. Yeah. Ant-Man was one where we had a, yeah. an OG kind of character that was handing it on to the I next gotcha. But in that, in that ride, I mean, I guess Hank Pym has been like 10 different characters. So. Yeah. Well, I'm interested because, the one Captain Marvel comic, well, not the one, I mean, the, the Captain Marvel comic I remember, uh, I read through the death of Captain Marvel when I was reading, like, all the Inhumans comics, which is very frustrating because they were in it for, like, two frames, and it's, like, a 65-page comic, so it was not very helpful on that journey. But, I mean, that's a weird comic. Uh, I mean, it's old, so I don't mind spoiling it. Basically, Captain Marvel gets cancer, and then they all are like, oh, we should try to heal it. And then they can't figure out a way to do it. And then he dies from cancer. Like, that's the whole comic book. And it's, I, I thought it's kind of interesting, this idea that, like, even superheroes can't beat, you know, like, biology. I thought it was a fascinating take. But I, I can't imagine Jude Law is going to end up on a, you know, on chemo treatments in the MCU. Like, I would think that that mantle is going to be passed on some other way. And it'll be kind of interesting to see that all, you know, play out. So, um, one of the interesting things that we have with captain Marvel is that there's going to be this time gap that it's going to happen in the nineties. And then she's going to kind of show back up in modern times. Uh, and that's kind of closest to winter soldier. Um, Rihanna, there was, you know, some people have said, uh, captain America, Winter Soldier. 
Captain America First Avenger. Um, the, in that movie, we got all these characters like Tommy Lee Jones and Dum Dum Dugan and Agent Carter that we kind of fell in love with, and then we never got to do much more with them. Um, what are your thoughts about a character, you know, this being a throwback movie, do you think there might be characters that we fall in love with that will be annoyed that we, that we don't get to see again or that they're time displaced? Any thoughts on kind of that phenomenon? I mean, I, I, I don't have any specific characters that I'm worried about getting attached to yet, but when the time comes, I'm sure I will. Yeah, I hate that. I mean, you know, I've talked about, I've complained about that on S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot, like really getting to know a character and and not getting to see them much. Um, but hopefully it'll all tie in and maybe it'll, you know, Avengers 4, maybe with scrolls and whatnot or whatever they're doing with that, we'll end up getting to see more of these characters and other times. All right, Rihanna, let me ask, uh, I'm going to ask you another question since you're more qualified than us to answer it. Um <laughs> So we've seen Wonder Woman, um, and it was successful, was a female-led movie. Uh, obviously, there's more than one personality in women in the world, right? <laughs> so do you have, I mean, as a woman fan of this stuff, what do you have any thoughts about what Marvel can do well to kind of do a different spin? Like, is there something... Uh, particularly with you know Wonder Woman in mind, is there a place that you hope that they go? Is there kind of any particular thoughts that you have on Marvel kind of introducing their own female superhero solo kind of deal? So the one thing, I mean, like I said, I didn't do my required reading on Captain Marvel, but the one thing that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is love interests. You know, um, Wonder Woman, you know, it was a great movie and everything, but they still threw in a romantic subplot. Um, you know, whenever you're looking at Agent Carter, you've still got the fact that she was in love with Steve Rogers sort of in the back of her mind. Um, and there was the whole, like, who's I, her husband going to be thing, too. Yeah, yeah. And and I realize some of with Agent Carter is her, you know, the time period in the 50s, you know, there was more of that pressure and everything. But what I think we are only just now getting to see is movies about women or stories about women where there is no need for a romantic, well, and, and stories in general. I mean, there's, all, you know, the, the men have it sometimes, you know, you still have Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, will they, won't they stuff going on. But having, you know, what will be truly interesting with me and Captain Marvel is if they pull off a woman superhero and they're also not trying to add a romantic subplot for the purpose of needing to have a romantic subplot. So um, for me, if they were able to pull off something like that, I would I, I would I think it would be a sort of milestone for this type of movie. Yeah, I mean, if I'm piggyback on that, we've seen some comments that Emily Van Camp is not going to show up in Infinity War, you know, uh, Agent 13. And it's really kind of bugged me because I felt like the Russos kind of shoehorned her into Winter Soldier and Civil War so that Cap would have somebody to kiss. And... Now there's no payoff in a movie that the Russo brothers are making. It makes me be like, why did you do that? Like, why did we, 
You know, like, why couldn't yeah. Cap just be Cap? Why does he have to have, you know, a Carter to chase after? Like, if there's no payoff, I've been okay with it because I figured there'd, you know, be a, a place that was going in the story. But if the farthest it goes is that one little kiss, you know, it's basically worth the joke where Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mack are, like, giving him the, hey, way to go, man. You know, like... That's the totality of the meaning of that entire plot line that felt really artificial and forced. So I, I think they could do that for both sides, but I, I definitely agree with what you're saying uh, with Captain Marvel. That would be good. And she doesn't, I don't know, Adam, do you know, does she have a traditional, um, a traditional like guy that she's with? Does she have a Pepper Potts or a Natalie Portman or whatever? That is a good question. Not to my knowledge. No. I mean, obviously you have like the, you know, you just said Natalie Portman, you know, Jane Foster becomes Thor, but I don't think, I can't recall anything I've seen. You know, they kind of made the, a little bit, they kind of did dabbled in it, I guess, with Marvell and Carol. Um, But yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, definitely not to the length of a Pepper Potts or Jane Foster. Yeah. Uh, In the live chat, uh, Marvel, uh, Michael Ford was asking, have we had an MCU movie that did not have a romantic subplot? I mean, Iron Man does Iron Man two, Iron Man three, the two Thors did, um, Ant-Man, he has the relationship and he's trying to get back to his daughter, but I don't consider it a romantic subplot. I think, do you guys, I think him and hope. Yeah. Kiss at, at the, the end, end they do. Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. And the, the sequel is being called a romantic comedy, so <laughs> I guess they're going that way. Yeah, that's a. Really... But I mean, he's yeah. right. I mean, they they shoehorned a romantic subline between Black Widow and Hulk yeah. into you know Age of Ultron. <sighs> so. Which is yeah, which is why we need a movie without a romantic subplot. Disney did it. I mean, Moana does not have any romantic plots in it at all so if they can do it with a disney cartoon character they can do it with a marvel i think big hero 6 is uh romantic subplot free as well i may be wrong but off the top of my head i don't remember anything in it so that's yeah i mean okay. even so it's possible you look it could at happen. guardians and i mean gamora's traditionally known as like the deadliest woman in the universe and she's this total badass assassin and kills everyone, you know, and then they kind of turned her into Quill's love interest. You know, I mean, what's, I guess I don't see the thought process behind that. You know, I mean, if they turned Gamora into a subplot kind of like that, you know, I would guess they probably do something like that in every single movie. There's a, um, I'm going to miss her name. There's a, a woman who does like feminist film theory, YouTube videos. She's got a great series about feminism and uh, Transformers, actually, believe it or not, and like Michael Bay and stuff. And she has like a 35 minute like video essay on Guardians 2. And she talks about how James Gunn actually subverts the tropes. Like there is a romantic thing there, but he subverts the tropes in a lot of ways between Star-Lord and Gamora. And there's a reason that Star-Lord never really gets the girl. And it's because she realizes that he's a child. But anyways, that's really good. Do feminist film theory Transformers. I'm sure you'll find her channel. She's got good stuff. One more thing, just on that quick note. Those set pictures that we got, 
I did like that, um, you know, on that same vein, she's wearing somewhat flat shoes. So it's none of this, you know, woman superhero running around in three-inch heels, which is one of my peeves. And she has pants. She has pants. <laughs> she's wearing pants. Actually, there was, there was a comment in the live stream, too, about how we're not getting Miss, uh, the Miss Marvel costume, which... The good parts of me is very excited that we are not getting that costume. So <laughs> I'm sure there will be some fanboys who will be, but you know, that's one of those costumes that was never, it's just so ridiculous and unrealistic. It would never happen, you know, in real life. So good on Marvel for making it more practical and realistic. So just while I'm thinking about it, uh, Lindsay Ellis is the name of the woman that does those good YouTube videos on Transformers and has a good one about Guardians too. So, Lindsay, it's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y uh, Ellis, E-L-L-I-S. All right. Um, I think that does it. All right, let's uh, jump into the mailbag. Um, not quite as many letters this week, but a few comments. Uh, Chris was back commenting and had a lot of good stuff, but mentioned um, that he does think that we will get Sam Alexander instead of Richard Ryder as Nova. As I was saying, that he thinks that's uh, that's likely. Uh, him and Love Waffle then had a conversation about um, uh, Janet and Hope Van Dyne, and I forgot how hackneyed of a character Hope is. Like she's really not a mar like she is a Marvel character, but. Not really until the movies come along. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, Love Waffle was talking about our conversation last week about extant, expanding and diversifying the MCU and was suggesting She-Hulk would be a good way to add female characters into the MCU. Um, and then as Guardian of the Galaxy was just saying that he feels like Marvel should keep doing that and adding new kinds of characters because it's just really good for kids to be able to see characters who are like them. So, uh, yeah, we talked about that last week and we agree. Um, all right. Uh, and then finally from the live, uh, from the live chat, uh, Michael T. Ford says that we have to read the Kelly Sue run of Captain Marvel. That is our assigned homework. And he had a really good question. Uh, what's the difference? Uh, first of all, he gave us the acronym for BARF which is binarily augmented retro framing. But he was asking, what is the difference or is there a connection between BARF and the framework? Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, the framework, the way I feel they're different, I feel like BARF takes ideas or information and makes them appear in the physical light spectrum, right? Like it takes the digital and makes it real life. Whereas the framework takes like a real life person and makes it digital. Does that seem remotely correct or? Yeah. That, that sounds like it a does, really good yeah. way to put it. You hit that on the head. <laughs> First try. Look at you, Caleb. All right. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I know what's, what's in the, I, yeah. I mean, barf's essentially a souped up projector, right? Whereas the framework does more with brain stuff and, puts your consciousness somewhere else. I think the other question is, can barf hurt you? You know? Yeah. That was where I was going. We don't know yet. Like how serious barf can get. Uh, uh, Tony developed it as an <laughs> <Pretty> emotional <serious. laughs> tool. 
I've been I've been thinking about like collecting clips this year to do a clip show at some point. And that would be it. We do not know how serious Barf can get. If one of our superheroes died via Barf <laughs> It was my favorite headline I've written on MCU Exchange this week. I did that article, and the name of the article is Russo's Brothers Barf on uh, Time Travel Theories. Nice. (sighs) Yes. Yes. But, yeah. (laughs) I I don't... Yeah, there there was somewhere to go with that. But, obviously, if they wanted Barf to be serious, they wouldn't call it Barf. Right. (laughs) All right, I think that does it for the uh, episode. Anything else, guys? This is the part where I do the end of the show part. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You guys can interact with us with lots of different ways. You can send us uh, messages or tweets via Twitter at Marvel News Desk. You can also send us uh, comments via our SoundCloud posts or our MCU Exchange posts that happen each week. If you want to support the show, you can give us a buck a month over at Patreon. All you have to do is go to marvelnewsdesk.com to sign up. Uh, You'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode, available only to Patreon subscribers, as well as being able to see the live stream videos, uh, either live as they happen, depending on the level, or the week later. Uh, You can help the show be more visible to others if you give us a five-star review on iTunes. And the most important thing you do every week is you listen and you tell your friends, thank you very much. Uh, we want to thank Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V Cox. And also thank you to Alvin for the theme music. You can find him across a variety of social media platforms at the Skull School. Uh, that does it for us this week. Thanks for listening. Michael, thanks for watching. And we will see you guys later. Bye. Like how serious Barf can get. Pretty serious. <laughs>